your host, Scott Ramage. And on this episode, I have my friend, Brian Zimmerman, co-owner of CrossFit Jungle Gym. He owns that with his wife, Vanessa. Uh, she's pretty awesome. They've owned that gym since 2011. They have a three-year-old Maisie. Uh, she is also awesome. And a brand new addition to the family, Cade, has been with them for one solid week. I'm super impressed that Brian is on today recording. Welcome to the show. Thanks for the intro, Scott. And, you know, we had to delay the start of the call because, you know, Cade peed on the floor and Maisie was super excited about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all, all things life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, you've had a new body in the house for a week, and I'm assuming Vanessa's at home with you at this point. Um, so how is that? How's the transition been? Um, I'll tell you, I learned from the first first child that, uh, you know, Vanessa's nursing again. So um, I'm, I'm useless at night. So I'm, I'm trying not to feel guilty sleeping, That's um, good. but it's, <laughs> yeah, there's still some amount of guilt there, but you know, for the most part, it's gone good. You know, Vanessa, you know, delivered, it went great. Um, you know, mommy's healthy, baby's healthy. We're home. We got a hospital as soon as we possibly could, good. which is extra, extra motivation, you know, this, this year uh, yeah. to get out of hospitals. Um, but yeah, everything's great. Everything's were you, great. Were you allowed to go in there or deliver? Oh, so, yeah, I was allowed to go in. And like, I know like earlier in the year, they had some, they had some rules. Like, I don't know if the dads were allowed to go in and like they had, um, they had uh, the, the, the women delivering in masks and stuff. And luckily Vanessa didn't have to deliver in a mask. And uh, anyways. it's hard enough to breathe as it is. I mean, yeah. I know that masks don't change your breathing, but it does eat mental. Yeah right? I mean, it's like, there's something over my mouth. Yeah. Uh, well, good. I'm glad you guys, that timing worked out well, because I know certain, at certain points, it would have been a complete pain and how horrible not to be able to be there. Um, so I'm glad you got to do that. So how's it been taking the time off? Because I'm assuming you're not going into the gym. It's basically been status quo, you know? I mean, <laughs> to be honest with you, um, I've spent the last year and a half, like more or less working, working from home and like going into the gym when I feel like it, which, you know, thinking about the, the timeline, you know, three years ago, I was spending 50, 60 hours in the gym. And like, you know, I started really taking the business serious when Vanessa got pregnant with our first child. Right. And that was like, that was the moment where like, Oh, 60 hour weeks are not going to work if I want to be a dad. So you know, we started making a lot of shifts then and like, but for the last year and a half, you know, it's been like, I'm required at the gym about six hours a week. And other than that, it's all optional. I like to be there more, but you know, at this, at this juncture in my life, like, um, I'm staying home quite a bit. So you've been a, you've been a, a guest on another podcast of mine. So you kind of know where I'm going. Uh, I think you pretty much led into that. My next question on purpose. I think you're pretty, pretty good. Maybe I'm giving you too much credit, but I want to talk about how you develop a business where you are working 60, 70 hours a week. You're basically living there more than you're at home. And then you go to, it's just status quo, not to be at the gym because I, I knew that would be your answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, the, the first thing was like, there had to be some motivation to get out of it. You know, I, I, I loved coaching like a ton 
And it wasn't really until like, you know, I wanted some things for myself that like weren't coaching, like as a 20 year old man, it's like, yeah, I love coaching and helping people. And it was like, wait a minute, like I can't do that 60 hours a week. You know, obviously the coach on the floor is like 30 hours a week and then, you know, 30 hours, all the other stuff. Um, But it was like, knowing that I wanted to be a really good dad was one of the biggest motivating factors. And, you know, number one is the gym needed to be financially viable enough that either my wife or I could be home all the time, or we can split time. Cause I, we already knew that we didn't really want to do daycare or babysitters. Uh, we wanted to be super involved. And it's like, having those conversations early on in Vanessa's first pregnancy with our daughter, Maisie was like, all right, we got to make this thing work or we're going to can it. (laughs) And that's going to be that. Um, And so, you know, I'm way too stubborn and up for just about any challenge that we weren't going to just can it. Um, So we, the first, the first thing I did, I said, I don't know if I'm perfectly capable of making this happen in the timeline that's, that's necessary. We got nine months, <laughs> you know? Um, so the first thing I did is I, I, I went and got a mentor. Yeah. Um, that was, that was the big, the big step. Once, once that happened, it's like, you know, we were profitable from day one. I mean, we started with $50 and like, you know, I'm a, I'm a cash flow guy. Like as long as we have a, a dollar going in the bank every month, we're, we'll survive and we can continue on. And, you know, from day one, even when we had $50 to buy like a kettlebell, and that was it. We trained at the park. Like we just kept building from there. As long as we had an extra dollar in the bank, we were good to go for the next month. And, you know, as, as like time, time goes on, it's like, we just kept doing that. And, you know, we're six years in and we're still just making it a little bit more profit, a little bit more profit, but there was 60 hours of work that was happening. And the profit wasn't enough to go, Hey, we can, both be home or one of us can be home or one of us doesn't have to work. So we got extra motivated to get a mentor and make that happen inside of nine months. And we did. At Level Method, we're constantly searching for ways to make your life as a gym owner easier. And that's why we created our social media service that makes you look like you're putting in tons of hours or paying someone an arm and a leg. Get six professional themed text and image posts each week four weeks at a time. Check out levelmethod.com slash social for more info. So it took, it took some sort of force to, to identify, yeah, I need to change something. I've heard you say multiple times, like, as long as I have a dollar in coming in, we're, we're viable. We're good. I've heard you say that many times in different conversations that we've had. So yeah. I know you live by that. Um, And I knew that mentoring was getting a mentor was a big, a big pivot in your business. Why? What's so magic about making the decision to hire, uh, I'm assuming two brain go into their, through their incubator and then into that model. Like, let me, let me hear it from, um, listener a, who is now spending 60 hours a week in the gym and, you know, is making about half of what they want to make. And then you say, Hey, by the way, why don't you throw another X large sum of money at something? Um, like do that equation for me. All right. 
number one is if you're putting a dollar in your bank account right now, that's good. <laughs> good. If you have any motivation to do better, somebody who's been there and done it before is just going to help you accelerate that. And, you know, when I was signing up, like, you know, I, I don't remember the exact cost that it was before, but it was thousands of dollars, you know, and I'm like, I got, you know, I've been in business for, you know, I, I got, I got a thousand dollars in my bank account. That's free and clear. Like I could either give that to me or I can invest it in making more out of it. And it was like, no, like the, the timeline is what, what shot into place. And like, you know, I think about this too, when I'm selling gym memberships, it's like the more, the more you spend, the more accountable you'll be held to whatever the action is that's in there. Like if I'm spending $5,000, $10,000, $1,000, whatever amount you're spending, you're going to, you're going to put back the effort almost equivalent to the dollar amount. So you know, unless you, yeah, unless you just run out of bandwidth, like you just don't have the time and then you've wasted whatever that money was. But like if I spend $5,000 on something, I'm going to put $5,000 worth of effort into it. And you know, like, was I nervous about whether I was going to get a return? You bet. <laughs> you bet. Um, like what happens? And you know, it was, it was trusting the, the person on the other end of the phone that, that they were not BSing me that, that made me do it. And if I could go back, I would have signed up five years earlier. And I, you know, I, I probably, I, maybe we would have had five kids, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, you know, I don't know. Like it would have been a totally different scenario, but, um, you know, it's like, I wasn't super motivated to, to become more profitable. I was profitable. Um, it wasn't until there was a a real push in the, in the rear to say like, no, this has got to be a lot better. Um, so yeah, I, I think like talking with other gym owners, like most people, like when they, they set goals and like, especially around this time of year, like, like everybody's talking about annual planning, like what their financial goals are is like, and I see this big round number, hundred thousand, like, well, that ain't going to do. I want to know down in the nitty gritty, down to the dollar, what you want to spend that hundred thousand on. Otherwise it doesn't mean anything to you. I know it certainly didn't to me. It's like, what's your, what's the minimum you have to make? And you add $1 to that. That's probably what you're motivated to make right now until you put it on paper and say, this is what I want. And like, for me, it was, I want 40 hours a week with my kids. Right. And I want to still have the money to pay the mortgage and to, to buy Christmas presents. And like, you don't, unless you write down what those things are and the dollar amounts, you don't have a, you don't have a real financial goal, in my opinion. I think that's a really great point. And I, I knew this about you. you, you approach things pretty scientifically. So you are, you are going to say, if you want X, there better be Y explaining why, or you better have a goal. And I really like that. Like, Hey, if you just need to make rent and you want one more dollar, that's where you're going to land. And that is, that's been proven over and over and over again. Um, so with, uh, with your gym, how did you get to a place um, where you could walk away in every day, in every day, you know, in the everyday operations, you could walk away and feel completely fine with whatever's happening there? <laughs> well, that's that, I, you know, to be honest with you, I care too much to say that I can totally walk away and feel that way. Right. Um, but in reality, it's like, you know, I, I, you know, I put a lot of work into, you know, just caring in the first place. 
And like, that was, you know, I cared enough to run myself ragged and I, I see it with other gym owners all the time. Like there's some, there's some folks that pay $3,000 a month to, to do their hobby, to own a, to own a CrossFit gym. And, you know, like people really care out there and they have the first and most important thing. But after, after that, you know, I think, you know, it's, I don't know. Save me here, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to wait and see what you came up with. So um, you have a manager. What kind of roles yeah. do you have in place right now that help you with kind of keeping yes. the out of the Yeah, day? yeah. So, so, so the main thing is like I, we, we put a bunch of care into like everything we did. And like the next, the next step really was like write it down. What, what are we doing that's, that's different? Like, and I think one of the toughest things, like replacing yourself in any of the roles that you do, like Vanessa and I, you know, we came from such a level of service. Like we just did everything for everybody so that it would be an awesome experience. All they had to do is focus on do the squat right. or, you know, show up and everything else taken care of. Um, and it was teaching other people to think about service that way. And you do it by writing it down. Like, this, when somebody walks in the door, this is what you do. You say, hello, ask how they're doing, ask how their day was and write their name on the board. Right. And like, this is how you, this is how you introduce people in a group class. And this is how you clean the bathroom. And this is how you, I mean, it's like, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but it's like, write everything down. And at first, you know, it's like the, you know, the cheapest things, like, how do you clean? Cool. I can hire a cleaner in 30 minutes. You know, you post to your local Facebook group uh, that you want a cleaner and you're going to pay $30 of cleaning or whatever. And you'll probably have 20 people reply in 15 minutes. And, you know, in another 15 minutes, you'll have five at your door. Um, so we start with that and, you know, then it was, you know, social, social media posts, and, you know, we just kept building it up and, you know, now like to get to the point where I'm only required six hours a week, it's like giving the manager all of the SOPs that have been written every detail and then giving him the, the confidence to just make the decisions that make sense. Um, and, you know, like uh, he's not, he's not me. He didn't write all the SOPs. He doesn't know them all things are going to happen slower than if I stay there and, and go, yep, I know right off the top of my head what you're supposed to do. But, you know, the trade-off is I get to stay home and be with my family and have a good time all the time. <laughs> so many people struggle getting SOPs down. Like it, it's, it's something I've noticed over and over and over again is they just like you say, well, all you got to do is capture what you're doing and make an SOP out of it. Um, why is that so hard? Why is it so hard to just because because people have never done it before? They've never done it. It's and it's it's like it's so simple that it's difficult. And so I I, I still write SOPs like and it's all to optimize my what I'm doing, and then make it the potential that I can hand it off when the right financial time appears. But like, and I and I do this with my with my staff too. Is I'll write it with them. Like, especially if they have something that's an upgrade, but like, okay, you, here's what, here's what we did to sell out your um, run program. Okay. How did you, how did you do it, James? 
and we sit down and he says, here's what I did. And like, he's telling me and I'm writing it down. Like literally like, okay, you sent an email eight weeks out, write it down. And okay. You made a Facebook post with a picture of somebody running and you put a link to the, the signup page and you did that seven, seven weeks and one day out. All right. Write that down. And it's, I mean, it's, it's boring, but once you do it one time, you have, you have the roadmap, yep. you have the plan right in front of you. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't think anybody understands this better than you guys. Like there's a, there's a map of progression. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. are like the level method map of progression. What's the next step? Exactly. Uh, you know, when I started working with level method, um, that was something that I had been working on developing SOPs. I knew how to develop SOPs, but um, I've learned to take it next level. Like, like I don't even, I don't even write them down anymore. I have an SOP for writing SOPs and someone else is doing it. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm all over that. And I do know the power of it because once you have captured that thing in your brain, it no longer has to belong to you. It can belong to someone else who wants to take the time to do it, who has a value proposition with you to do it and your value, you know, you're, you're placing the value you want on that. So, um, SOPs, in my opinion, maybe this is a little bit of it too. It's a little, um, it's a little bit like now I'm replaceable. Do you, do you ever get any, like, like your, your coaches are like, no, nah, I don't want to do that because it's like, I know how to do that. Or your manager. If, if I record this, someone else can step in and take my place. That's always something I've been concerned with. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely had a couple of pushbacks on that and you know, depending on what it is, like, you know, I think, um, I've had some staff that like run a specialty program. They're like, well, this is my program. And I'm like, exactly. well, guess, guess what, man? If, if you don't write this down, like it only exists in your head. What happens when you get hit by a bus tomorrow and all your clients are like, well, I guess we're just out. And then they never come back and nobody can replicate it or bring them back for you. Well, that's a problem. And, you know, one of my, I think one of the biggest ones is like in business or yeah, like it gets sports too, but it's like, if you're not getting better every single day, you're, you're falling behind. If we don't establish the baseline, like we're going to have to improve that SOP soon. Right. Otherwise it will be obsolete. Yeah. And if we don't set the baseline, then there's no way that we can ever expect to replicate in any scientific fashion to make improvements and, and keep moving forward. And so if you think this is the golden ticket, which right now it may be, it won't be in six months or a year. Like it'll, it'll wear out and we'll need to update it. So, and somebody else will do it if you don't. So you might as well write it down and, and make it happen because it's going to need to get improved and it's our starting point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Another, another, another good selling point for the staff is like, you know, I, I think in this world of like, everything is connected and like, I can, I can reach you anytime I want to as your, as your boss, <laughs> right? Like I can text you, I can find you on Facebook, Instagram, email, text, like where, where can't I reach you? And I don't want that. I don't want my staff to have to live like that. And what an SOP does is when you finish that sucker, like you have, if you have five SOPs assigned to your role and you do them perfectly, 
you will not hear from me. <laughs> you will never hear from me. Like you, you won't have to hear. Did, why don't you take out the trash, Scott? If you filled out the checklist because then you don't have to worry about whether I'm going to call you. I promise I won't. Um, and like that sort of thing just like takes, takes the pressure off staff members. Like, you know, cause most are, most of my team members want it, want me to be happy with their performance. And, and in my opinion, they should want, want me to be happy with it. Um, but like for me, I want them to feel happy about doing their job and knowing they did it well. And like, to me, that, that, that makes the best staff. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's pivot this to your, your members. You, if SOPs are in place, you mentioned this earlier, even writing down, say hello to the person, write their name on the whiteboard, very clear and definable expectations. Members love consistency. And that is, uh, you know, an uh, equation to win is, is consistency between your coaches. Have, do you find that, do you have a, a, like an expectation? Like if there's an SOP in place, you need to know it. Like, how do you handle that? How do you manage that? Um, you know, one of the big roles that I've taken on over the last year was to take everything in our staff playbook, every role and task, and just narrow it down to the simplest form. So like, you know, every role has got a single outcome attached to it. Right. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I don't care if the SOPs are followed exactly, if the outcome is reached, if the outcome is not reached and you didn't follow the SOPs, I'll be upset. Right. <laughs> um, and like, I, I, I put like every one of my staff fills out a weekly or monthly checklist for their role. So they know exactly what their outcome is supposed to be for their role. And the SOPs are attached. So it's like everybody knows. And if they don't know, it's because they've, purposely neglected to, to know. And you know, that's another conversation, but um, yeah, everybody's expected to know or, and, and access where they can find that information. They shouldn't ever, they shouldn't ever have to come to me to know what to, how to do their job. And if they do an SOP is written immediately. <laughs> right. That's great. That's good. I think, I think that the message is clear, definable uh, roles, that you can fall back on at any time or, or um, processes, hence the P, uh, that you can fall back <laughs> on at any time if you don't know what you're doing. If you yeah. don't know what SOP stands for. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and like, just go back to the, like my sci scientific mind is like, I, I, I think of SOPs even more so as like, if, we're, if we execute on SOPs exactly the same every time, that's the baseline. It's, right. it's baseline. And like, I, I think a year like this, where there's been so much craziness is like, you realize where your baseline level of operations falls to. And like, for us, we saw it at a very specific revenue number. This is where our operations, when everything hits the fan falls to, and it's exactly at this level. And I mean, it was within $200 for, for four months. Wow. It's, this is, this is how low it goes when everything's out the window cool. That's our baseline. It's not going to get worse than that. Um, it's like we make improvements to that, then the trajectory is going to follow. So. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. You live in a state that was closed to biz for business for a long time. If I remember cor correctly, you're in New Jersey and you guys were closed 
I don't even know. Are you at full capacity? Full? Oh, you're probably not March at full 18th capacity. till. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, we were at no in no facility or outdoor workouts from March 18th till June something. So, so almost yeah, three months. And even when we went to outdoor workouts, there was a little bit of a gray area. Like, you know, I'm reaching out to all of my officials and they couldn't give me a straight answer. Right. It took two and a half weeks to get that. Oh, I think it's okay. <laughs> and, you know, we're just, we're just trying to play by the, play by the rules. Oh, I'm not trying to break any laws, trying to have any problems. Uh, but yeah, it was about three months. And then we got to outdoor workouts from, from June. And I think we could have gone inside in September, but the weather was nice enough that we just stayed outside and eliminated some of the hassles of going inside. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, in, on November 1st, we went inside and we've been inside since then. Yeah. Okay. So what do you, what do you, a lot of gyms didn't make it and a lot of gyms with that long of a shutdown and the, and the, and the restrictions that your state had, um, didn't make it. What do you attribute? What, what did you do in advance to get to the point where you kind of, I don't know if you sailed through it, but you, you were working at your baseline. It sure didn't feel like we sailed at all, (laughs) you know, looking, I mean, looking at the closures in our, in our County alone, like I know of within 10 miles of us, seven gyms that closed. Um, so I, I, you know, we're doing something right, I guess. (laughs) Um, but honestly, I think the, the main thing was like, we were committed to staying open. Like, you know, part of it was like, we're, we're here to make people fit. And we genuinely believe that that makes people's lives better. So we were like, that's, that's a heart and head felt commitment. Yeah. And like, no matter what happens anywhere else or throughout the world, we were committed to making that happen, how it was going to happen. Like we've, we'd love to do it in person without social distancing and masks for a long time. And, but just because we have those sort of requirements now doesn't mean that we have to stop. No, like the goal, the goal is the same, get people fit and keep them healthy. Um, so like, you know, having seen that like Italy and China were having shutdowns, like we had a couple, couple days of heads up and we started working really hard. Like I think we spent four nights where we got two hours of sleep, um, back to back to back to back. Um, but we converted our entire business to online. And one of our, it's funny, one of our squeaky wheel members was like, you guys must've been thinking about, you know, doing online training for, for months. You guys, you know, I didn't even notice any hitches. Like we just went right into online training. It was like, you guys knew that it was going to happen and you were ready for it. It's like, perfect. Yeah. That's, that's what <laughs> you want to hear. That, that's what I wanted to hear. And I was like, if, if, if that's what you think that happened, then yes, we put four months of work into four days. Yes, you're right. <laughs> exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. It was a lot of work yeah. and, yeah. and painting your, uh, your, 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 uh, your poise during the process because yeah. that is a, um, that, that it was a big shift for a lot of people that they did not survive very yeah. well through. In fact, it exhausted them. It absolutely yeah. destroyed them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think another point that I would attribute to, and this is, you know, in, in sports, right. And I think this, I, I wrestled as a youngster and like, you know, you have, when you're on your feet, then you have, when you're down on the ground, like you have two separate modalities, but it's the transition between the two where the largest opportunities lie 
to make a move that makes the world of difference. Right. And that transition from being in person to online, there's a short transitional window. And what we did is we went all in on those four days to make it happen. And I think it's like, when you see opportunities for that are like transitions, like, you know, what did half the industry do? I I sat around and said, "Mm, let's see what other people do. Like we made a decision and we said, this is what we're going to do. And then we went, I mean, to our, our, our physical capacities to, to make it happen. Um, And I think that, I think that had a lot to do with it. And I think that, um, our clients definitely saw the effort that we put in and I think they appreciated it. Um, you know, in the, in the longer game, like they, they definitely appreciate it in the first month. I think in the, over the coming months, I think there was definitely uh, well, this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, you know, doing online training and there's nothing you could fault them for, for that. And it was just a matter of, you know, like listening to what they had to say throughout and like trying to make improvements and just keep getting better every day. I mean, same as same stuff we normally do. Like I want to, here's the baseline. Cool. We've set it. We kept, you know, 90% of our members through the first month of shutdown. I don't expect everybody to stay, but if we keep improving, they'll see that we're still improving and be willing to stick it out. So, and you know, for the most part, that was a, that was a winning strategy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does sound like a winning strategy. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that you, you know, you got in this to, um, you know, you kind of talked about purpose. You kind of talked about a mission, like what I would see as a mission or a vision, like we want to help people. We, 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 so did you making decisions when, when, um, COVID hit and all these restrictions came to place, did you at once, once fall back on, um, your vision as a company or as a business? How do you mean? Did you make decisions based on the things that you'd already? I, the, the short, the, the unequivocally, yes. Like, I, you know, I, it's, when I think of our mission and vision, I don't really see, you know, like, it's not like when I look at somebody else's mission and, and vision, I see like, oh, it's like a thing they wrote like ours is like, this is my life. (laughs) Like, I believe that we need to do this. This is a duty. And then it's like our values, like those are the, those are the only rules I play by. Like if I break one of those, I will actually be heartbroken. It's not, it's not like a thing I wrote down and like, I aspire to be, no, this is, if I make somebody feel like they don't belong in my gym, I will be heartbroken. Right. And you know, if, if, for example, like belonging is one of our values, if somebody else at our gym makes somebody else in our gym feel like they don't belong, I will absolutely kick them out on the spot. Like I'm not, I'm not waiting around. Like if you make somebody feel really uncomfortable, like they don't belong at our gym, you're out. I don't even care. Um, and it's like, it's because that's, I, I just feel very passionate about what we're trying to do and how we're going to do it. And articulating that makes it a lot easier in times like, that are tumultuous to go. Yeah, those are, those are really it. I'm glad I, I've wrote them down and like, you know, everybody gets to see my actions measured against those because they're public. Like, yeah, all my members know what we're about. We wrote it down and shared it. And if we weren't, I've, I'm pretty sure there's a, a good bunch of them that would have called us out. So, um, 
I think we, I think we live it, but yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So I, I think that was, <clears throat> you know, I kind of look at retrospect in a way that Jim's handled all this stuff and, and anything actually anything. Did they make a decision to bring on level method? Did they make a decision to bring on new programming? Did they make a decision to start a new system in their gym or, or bring on a different platform for X, Y, and Z? Like it brings confusion to your members only if it doesn't align with your values and only if they don't know what your values are. So how do you make your values known? If you want to join the best coaches and owners in the world, you have to check out levelmethod.com. We help gyms all over the world run a more professional and profitable business, stand out from the crowded market, and keep their members engaged, safe, and progressing for longer. Join the legion and make fitness great again. Go to levelmethod.com. We've got we've got them published on like as a blog post. I share them. I share them at least annually. Like, yep. and like, you know, between like our staff, like they're talked about in staff meetings. All of our decisions are are made on them. And like our, it's funny. Like our coaches group, the 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 top banner of it is here's here's our mission, vision, and our values. So like you know, it's 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 present in our actions. It's present visually. It's present on our blog and we share and tell stories about it as often as we can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a guiding, it's like a guiding light. So it's a compass for you. Yeah. And like, you know, for, for Vanessa and I, like, this is just how we live. This is, these are the things we do. And it was like writing them down that made it, that made it real for other people. Like why, like, this is, you know, before, before we wrote them down, it was like, why is, why is Chris acting like that? Yeah. Like, and I, and I wanted to do something differently. And it's like, well, do you have it written down in SOP? No. Well, we wouldn't even need the SOP if he knew what, what we're trying to accomplish here with this business and what our values were. He would make the right decision or he would know that he's making the wrong one. And whether he wanted to stick around at that point is a whole nother conversation. But like having communicated, articulated, and then communicated that stuff makes it easier for people to align with what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, we've had members and staff that just don't align and they, they don't stick with us. It's like, we don't have cultural problems because that stuff is communicated. And that's, you know, it's one of the most important things to me that everybody really enjoys their time. And like selfishly, I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to work and hate the people I'm around. So yeah, you gotta be cool. And you gotta be, you gotta make me feel comfortable and I, I should make you feel comfortable. And if not, then I will recommend you to the gym down the road. That's right. Do you, now, do you work with, uh, you work with other gyms as a mentor and you don't have to divulge any information, but have you yeah. noticed that some gyms operate with people inside of their building that they would just be way better without? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Why, why, why do people put up with that? Um, yeah, just, I, I don't I can't speak for them. But I know when I would tolerate it at, before I articulated what we, what would make our gym awesome and what makes it awesome. It was like, you know, especially when there was financial pressure, like, oh, to be profitable, I need these members. It was like, I got to keep them. But little did we know when we get rid of them, then we would fill the, that, that space with three new awesome members who fit with us. And it would be 10 times better. 
Um, every single time. I tell every, every single time, every single time. Don't fight it. It, it, like you, you realize if, if someone is grinding in your head and not working within your own vision of how things are going to be, there are 80% of the other people feeling the exact same way, especially yeah. if you've developed that culture and the values within that building. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, Cause I was on a call today. We were, we were having the same exact conversation. It's like, go have the conversation today. Cause there's no sense in letting that linger around for any longer than you need to. Maybe the conversation fix it. Cause I, you know, as, as oftentimes as people say, people don't change. Like some people just don't know they're misbehaving. And, you know, I mean, we, we give adults a lot of credit for supposing to know things. And, um, you know, like with a kid, you'd be like, Oh, stop doing that. And sometimes adults need to be told that too. So yeah, I've, I've had a great, I have had a really great member who was, he was just annoying. Yeah. Like it was, it was every session, like there's something like, and like one of my, one of my favorite lines was like, we had, we got some new bikes and we had some old bikes and he's like, Oh, I, so, you know, people filled in on the new bikes fast as they could. And he's like, Oh man, I gotta go sit on the old relic. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, but when it's like day 369 <laughs> of you saying stuff like that, I'm like, all right, this is enough. And it's like every day. And like, it took one 15 minute conversation and he's been a perfect member for two years. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a you you have to have some um, some clarity about how to approach these things because sometimes it is you know there's a book crucial crucial conversations talks about the importance of of like kind of having these conversations because sometimes people just don't know, but then there's the thing of there it's it's clear as day someone needs to go. The beauty about that and what what I think a lot of gym owners don't realize is that they're not buying that. They're not only buying themselves the freedom from that person. They're buying themselves. Um, they're buying the other people who align with them, which is most the same freedom. And then quite frankly, that person probably isn't a good match for your, your, your business. And you're buying them freedom by selling, saying, Hey, look, there's a, probably a better place down the road that might yeah. have your values a little better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the lesson, like where that lesson really like sat, like sinks in with me is like, I had a member, I knew she was a wrong fit and I signed her up and you know, she cancels and you're like, good. Thank you. I'm glad that happened. And then she writes a Google review and you're like, you're like, my bad decision is not punishing me Every time that somebody goes on Google and looks at my business, I should have said no sooner. I should have said no before you even signed up. Yep. And you go, I'm not making that mistake again. Right. And you know, it's a it's a painful one to learn when it's your, you know, your first not five star review and it should it shouldn't have been there. It should have been there. That'll cost a lot more than the couple hundred bucks you benefited in the short term. Yeah. Like, like yep. you know, it's like, yeah. 100%. I, I've, who knows how many leads I've lost because of that review. Yep. And, um, you know, unfortunately that you sometimes have to learn that the hard way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. Yep. So, um, we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask you a question. I, I ask every gym owner that I feel has worked really hard at creating a set of rules and processes and things that give them a little freedom from their business so that they can look from the outside and, and operate at a higher level. So my question for you is, 
um, and, and I know you've heard this because when I first met you in person, we were at a two brain summit together and I met you and your wife. I'd talked to you before, but this was in person and it's where I heard this. And it was, it was about the, the bus test. Can you pass the bus test? If you got hit by a bus today, and I think Chris Cooper was talking about it. I, I don't remember quite perfectly, but, um, I want to ask you that, like if you were, let's your wife is also involved in the business. So let's say something were to tragically happen to both of you, or you went away for a month. Let's just say you went away for a month and you didn't give your staff any notice. Would your business survive? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, you know, if you asked me that question a year ago, so we, we've replaced Vanessa in, in operations mm-hmm. through, through COVID, which has been a crazy time to bring an operations manager and like t- totally take her out. Um, but yeah, like if we, no matter what happened to Vanessa and I, like the staff would go on running, running the show and like, you know, I think members would miss us. They'd come to our funeral, but go to the workout right afterwards. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and some people are like, well, that really sucks. That, you know, that doesn't feel good, but really what is your vision? Again, it was to serve people. Not, yeah. Not yeah. I want, I want my business. Brand. Yeah. This business needs to last. Yeah. We need, we need a hundred thousand of them or more. Yep. And we, we need them doing good work to change the world. Like if everybody's taking care of their health and fitness, what, what in the world isn't better? I mean, like literally everything. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it needs to last way beyond me, way <laughs> beyond me. So we, we brought, you brought level, level method in um, maybe before you had your values listed out. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, why did you bring level method in and how did it align with your, how does it or did it align with your values? So if you've listened to this whole episode, you know that I like baselines and objective data and progress. The biggest thing for me is like, I think one of the biggest things, like I've been coaching for a long time and like level method is plastered around in my brain and writing it down as an SOP is a, is a painstaking job. I didn't write it down, but it was in my head. So like anytime a client said, Oh, what should I do next? I could, I could pull it out of the brain index card and tell them, well, in scaling my business, I didn't have coaching staff as about like that as experienced as me that could just do that on a dime. And if I want my business to grow as fast as the demand necessitates, I need them to be able to find that information as quickly as I can or, or close as quickly. Like I can do it off the top of my head. They can go over to the map, find it on the chart and go, this is what's next for you. And if we can do that for every single person that walks in our gym and we can keep them moving along the map, like I know that I, I'm a performance junkie and I look at that thing and I go, yeah, I want to be, I want to be red five. And um, you know, if we can get people to focus on performing better, we all know that people who can do five pull-ups are fitter than people that can't do any pull-ups. And if you can deadlift 200 pounds, you're, you're stronger and you're more capable of surviving whatever comes than if you can't deadlift 50. And what this does is just take all that objective stuff, give it to clients. So it's easy for them to see the progress. And like we get to celebrate positive moments all the time. They can see how valuable we're becoming and we can get them addicted to taking care of themselves because it's like a game. And I mean, 
I could probably go on for hours, but I, 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 it's, it's one of the best, it's one of the best things I've ever seen for fitness. And it, it makes business so much easier because I can scale my coaches up because they can take all the information that's in my head or, you know, in your guys's head and it's now put on the paper and, and apply it and be functional for, for anybody that walks in my gym. And that is huge. Yeah. I've never had anybody put it that way, but that is, there's a lot of people that would probably feel the same way. The fact that it allows you to level up your business because I mean, many owners have tried it themselves, but to duplicate it, you can't duplicate it unless you take the time to create that massive SOP, which Nathan actually created. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So man, I really appreciate you and your, and Vanessa. I mean, you guys are, um, a total asset and a value to level method. It's been super fun uh, getting to know you over the few years. And it's, I think it's just the beginning. Um, so I'm glad you guys made it through the COVID. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that it's over, but we're still yeah. cranking and it's, it's looking brighter than it was four months ago. So I like that's our odds. That's right. That's right. And um, so uh, as a last note, congratulations on Cade uh, one week old, uh, that's a, that's a awesome thing to have happen amidst this global pandemic and the, and the business that you're in, um, kudos for that. Thanks so much, Scott. It was a pleasure, pleasure being on the show. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gym Mastery Podcast, where we try and give you, uh, the words of advice from masters in this business who have done it the way it needs to be done. And we would just literally want to share that with you so you can repeat and uh, survive the bus test yourself. Um, so thank you so much. Hit that subscribe button. You'll learn all sorts of amazing nuggets. If you are interested in Level Method and have not done that, uh, you can tap into our large SOP, among other SOPs, and um, and join levelmethod.com. Hit the, the discovery uh, button, and we'll set up a no-pressure call or we'll just kind of fill you in on what it is and see if we're a good match. Have a great day.